super excited to be able to talk with Ryan Miller. So Ryan, you have an incredible brand on LinkedIn and you're uh, delving into a really hot topic uh, pertaining to men. Of course, you know, my soft spots for women, but we're two sides of the same coin, you know, <laughs> and I, I really, I think I love what you're, what you're doing so much, Ryan, because it really gets to what really satisfies and, and fulfills people. But maybe you can just share a little bit about what your latest um, endeavor entails. Yeah. So, you know, I, I actually did have somebody recently say to me, you know, your, your message has changed. You know, I've, I've seen some kind of changes in, in what you're communicating. And just so people can get a, a quick glimpse, I've shared this in bits and pieces over time, but I just celebrated 20 years of marriage, which is phenomenal, uh, but more phenomenal than anything, because I almost didn't make it past our fifth year. Um, we were in a really bad way early on in our marriage, just didn't learn how to be in a relationship together. And we were in love as young kids, but just didn't learn the practical side of that. And near divorce, uh, almost made a horrific train wrecking decision that would have ruined my marriage by the grace of God. I did not. And that turned us to church, uh, which opened my eyes to what it really meant to be a husband and a father and a man living in this world. And God began restoring our marriage and about 10 years in is when we really got it. So it took about four years of restoration. And as I've, as I've kind of turned this corner in my own life uh, and even professionally, I'm just seeing all of these glimpses of what my life was like before I came to this realization. And not because I figured it out because it's still a fight every single day to treat my wife well, to serve and love my kids, to turn my eye when some potentially pornographic image gets thrown in front of me. So it's still a fight, but I'm looking at a world out there, particularly of men, because that's where I've come from and, and been a part of. I'm just looking at these men that are just starving to truly find their place and their peace and fulfillment in the world. So I just felt like it was time to start speaking up. And I really took that leap with a lot of fear uh, because um, it, we're in the midst of a wonder. Right now. Well, it's not. It is a matter of sexy. <laughs> well, and it's dangerous because um, we're we're in a time and a place where women are fighting really hard for equality, and I completely understand that. My wife, I want it for her. My two young 19 and 11 year old daughters, I want it for them. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Maybe some of the means by which it's happening, but nothing wrong with what's happening. But as I'm watching that happen, I feel like men have been farther and farther pushed out. And I understand men have done bad things at certain times, but we can't all be categorized that way. And so as I am a man and I'm broken and I don't even understand how to address my emotions, how am I supposed to express them when I'm just being pushed farther into a corner. And so I, I was afraid to start speaking out because it was like, well, you can't talk about men right now. We, we're not even done talking about women. And I finally just felt like I just have to go with where God leads my heart. And so I just started opening my mouth and it's been fairly well received, though not everybody is in love with some of the things I'm saying. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. And what I find so delicious in your message, you know, it's it, we don't live in it. I don't know. My my hot spot is women, and not for the not for the whole agenda. Honestly, it hurts my heart to see where women are are taking themselves. Mm. 
Um, I'll just put it that way. But, um, you know, it doesn't have to be a us versus them, right? Heaven forbid, if we were the same, what a boring, (laughs) what a boring party would that be? And, And I think sometimes we, sometimes we get so like two-year-old fixated on what it means to be independent Mm -hmm. that we totally leave behind the value, the beauty, the immensely, um, the immense growth that happens when we allow ourselves to become interdependent, right? Interdependent means I have something to contribute to this, this table, right? Knowing that I don't have the full meal. There's nothing wrong with not having the full meal. I have something to contribute. You have something to contribute. Together, we can make a full meal. I know yep. I'm, I am so much more uh, with my husband than I could be on my own. And I've been a single mom for a long time. Didn't say, you know, it's not, not that I can't do it. But I can tell you one thing for sure. I am better off and my children are better off because they have the whole have the whole thing. You know, you can't be, doesn't matter how wonderful you are. You can't be everything. None of us can be everything. Yeah. Well, and, and it just continues to be, um, this, this just chaotic contest in a sense, because again, on one hand, it's, we're all equal, which I 100% believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are all equal in terms of the worth and value as human beings, men or women. There's no question there. But at the same time, again, because the narrative is women fight for women and men fight for men, or the other one is the enemy. No, women and let's put men on the shelf for right now. Right, right. And so then what's happened is, 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 men that are growing up now and growing up still at 40 and 50 years old, they don't understand how to be men. We've lost that. And so when you say masculinity, everybody's inserting toxic right into that. Like it's just one in the same word now. It's just the tough guy, macho men mentality. And so then to, to run away from that or, or to throw that aside, then we've turned and we've gone the complete opposite way, which is I'm going to offend somebody. And I'm sorry, but like where men can dress like women and be like women. And I'm like, and I don't, I don't want to go to that degree either, but in the middle is this place where it's a man. We were talking about this previously, you know, like a man is called to be a leader to be a protector and to be a provider. And so that means we are going to demonstrate strength. Strength. It doesn't mean stronger than strength. It Mm -hmm. does mean that we are going to take charge where we have the opportunity. It does mean that we are going to shelter in a time. And where you have the stewardship. Stewardship comes to mind. You're going to demonstrate strength and leadership in where you have stewardship. That does not imply any, any coercion or dominion at all. My husband well, definitely wears the pants in my family. He <laughs> is our provider and our protector and the leader. He is the guy in our family, but none of us are coerced. If anything, we're cherished, we're protected, we're lifted up. I think that's a beautiful thing. That doesn't imply that we're weaker. It doesn't imply that, that heaven forbid, <laughs> People that know me know I'm, I'm not a weak chick, right? <laughs> no, I know but that. I'm, well, I'm okay, so, t- so much more because of his strength. 
And and so see that, that again is like- And vice versa. He's also stronger because he's got my support. Well, a hundred percent. And so again, like that's where, so when I went into my marriage, um, I was the man, right? And so I was the leader and I made the decisions. And because I was forcing that identity without earning that responsibility, I became an idiot and I was doing things that were self-serving and were, and were destructive to my marriage. All along the way, I learned that the only way that I was going to be the leader in my home to be the primary decision maker or the final word of decision was I had to earn that by demonstrating to my wife that as God has called me to sacrifice myself for my wife, that I was going to have to lay it down. I had to earn that. I had to build that. And so now when a decision needs to be made in my house, we talk about everything, but ultimately my wife will look to me and say, this is up to you. It's your call. And I know that when she says that, it's because she trusts that I'm going to do what is right for us both, not what is beneficial to me and me alone. And we're missing those things. Absolutely. I've watched my husband make so many sacrifices for our family. He's passed up so many promoted. In fact, that's why we're here. We moved recently. He passed up uh, promotions and opportunities so that our family could be nurtured in a place where our children needed to be, where we needed to be at that time. And uh, it's just interesting when you watch how we, and I think really what happens is that when you have a broken half, you don't have the complete half that makes the whole, right? Kind of like, you know, what you and I were talking about earlier, so much of what we tend to equate with success, particularly when we talk about manhood and success, it's, you know, making the money, the hot chick, the fancy car, whatever it is, we have to look at things like, you know, what holes am I trying to fill? Because really we can't bring our strengths, whether it's, the strength that we bring as, as women or as men, unless we've, you got to be a little selfish in order to really be able to give your everything. That means that I'm doing my part to take care of myself and make sure that I'm a holistic uh, person, that I, I'm secure in my own identity and my relationship with source, God, whatever you want to call him, right? I'm secure in that. Then I have my whole self to bring. Mm. And and trusting that I know that my husband's doing the same thing, I can allow myself to be completely open and vulnerable and really focus on serving him. That's the other thing that really bothers me. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this is that we tend to think that if we're focusing on, especially the message that's being to, thrown at women, if we're serving our men, if we're serving our husband, then we're demonstrating weakness and, you know, shame on you for, you know, serving, serving your man, you, you should be. And here, the beautiful thing is, is that the only, I can do all that because he's doing that for me. I know I'm number one in his book and there's nothing that he wouldn't, I've watched him made so many sacrifices for myself and my kids. And that really makes it an honor and a joy to be able to serve. But I don't know, yeah. where do, how do you see that well, service? Component? Yeah. So I think what's, what's important is like, is we, we have to take the step back because, you know, when we're, when we're born into, and I was not, but it, if we're born into wealth, 
we never truly understand the value of what we have, right? I'm not saying everybody's like that, but by and large, and we can understand that. Mm -hmm. If I'm born in poverty, I, I, I know nothing and I don't know anything different. And so just that, that's my whole world. I have an interesting story that we don't have time for about being in Haiti and actually seeing that happen. Oh, but I've been in Haiti. I totally get you. We will have Amazing. To yeah, amazing. <laughs> Yeah. And so, you know, so that, so the adage of, you know, we don't know what we got until it's gone really comes into play because so for me again, so I had this kind of monumental moment about five and a half years into my marriage, we come to faith. I start to realize my wife and what she's really worth. But then there was this huge moment, which we were already in a great place in our marriage. Like things were wonderful. There was nothing wrong with us. And yet I had this horrifically unique opportunity to sacrifice myself for my wife, which was many know the story, you know, we were in the, in, in, in the crowd and during a mass shooting and when gunfire rang out um, and don't take this as like, I'm some noble person, literally like I, it just, it happened. Yep. I jumped on top of my wife. And I remember cringing as I laid on top of her, just waiting for something to hit me. And that was the moment that, and then probably about two minutes later, when we went to some shelter to the side and I looked her in the eyes and I told her I loved her. And that was my way of, of telling her goodbye in the event that we didn't get to say that one or the other. And looking back on that, we've talked about this so many times, she and I, I hate what happened and, and, and I would do just about anything to take it back. And yet I actually thank God for the moment because it showed me that when, when my own life was on the line, yeah. I was willing to lay it down for her. And so then to the stupid and simple practical of, Hey babe, can you take the trash out? And I'm like, Ugh. it's like, I'm willing to sacrifice my life for you, but I'm not willing to take the trash out. Like how ridiculous am I? And so that is where I, I really learned service in a new way. And again, not that I show up well for my wife every day, all the time, but I want to make her happy. I want to provide for her before I provide for myself because there was a moment when I recognized I almost didn't have her anymore and, and I had no control over it, right? And so that is where, it came, where I came to realize, like, I am here for you. And because that's my heart's desire, because that's her heart's desire for me, we are constantly in this place of not to one up, but to outdo one another in love, right? To show, I love you. I am here for you. I will do whatever it takes for you. And I do that not because I'm a good person, but because I believe that she loves me so much that I just want to pour that back out on her. Oh, man, I tell you, that's, and I really think, I think that's why God sends us to earth and families. That's where we get to practice. How do you demonstrate love? Love is a verb, right? And so I, I think, you know, a friendship, a business relationship, you don't have that, right? You piss me off, I'm out of here, <laughs> right? In a relationship, like a, a family unit, it's not quite so easy to discard, right? Yep. My mother yep. had a saying, we only hurt the people we love, right? The other people aren't going to mm. be around. Of course. So yep. being in that place where you can kind of put yourself on the altar, so, so to speak, is a, that's where, you know, a man and a woman can do so much more 
then they can. I know for myself and my husband, both we're more individually because of each other than we could be oh. on our own. Well, that, that, I mean, that, that whole I'm able to... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, you bring up such a great point because I, I am empowered to go run my business, to serve my clients because not because my wife's at home holding down the fort, though my wife has successfully and fruitfully served our home for the last 11 years as a stay-at-home mom. And, and she is phenomenal. But, but for the business aspect, my wife is behind me. She is my biggest cheerleader. She is injecting encouragement into me. I coach people. My wife's coaching me. It's like, I could not do what I do without her. And so when, when I'm telling her, babe, like, we got a new client. She's like, congrats, babe. That was so great. I'm like, no, 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 no. We, like, we are in this together. My wife has thanklessly sat behind the scenes in business. I mean, I just stepped down after eight years of being a pastor of a church and same thing. Like it wasn't me up there. It was, we were there even when she wasn't seen or heard. And that's what is missed in the same way. I want to contribute to my wife's life. I want to empower her, to support her, to provide for her, to live the life that God's called her to. Yeah. Yeah, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful thing. So here's just, a question it, for you. Well, here's a question that, that, you know, how do we in our spheres, because I tend to think, you know, I look at it this way. I have control over my circle. What do I do in my circle of influence, Right. To worry about things outside of my, um, you know, circle, it, it, it's kind of like spitting in the wind, right? It's not going to go anywhere, but right back on me. So in our <laughs> fears, how is it, how do you and I help um, maybe combat or, um, I don't know what the right word is I'm looking for, but this, this milieu that we seem to be in where we're pitching sexes against each other. How in our sphere of influence, how do we have a positive influence on that kind of a situation within our own sphere? So I I, want to say, I just do opposite of what's being done. But (laughs) but I, I think that for me, this is why I have championed authenticity in the way that I have. Not because I'm the most amazing, amazing person at being authentic or I'm the person you should look out for. As a matter of fact, I say it's because I'm an open book with many torn pages, meaning that I want people not to see me and say, or, you know, not, not for them to see me saying, be like me. And that way, you know, you're going to live your best life. I want them to see me say, open yourself up to being encouraged, to being supported, to being corrected, to seeking the truth. We no longer have a defined truth in this world. We have an objective truth that everyone's chasing in a billion different directions. We all get to make it up. And so I feel like it's putting yourself out there. That's not the most comfortable thing for people, but if you're willing to just open up, I mean, I just this morning shared a a video on social media. I've had a rough mental, physical, and emotional and spiritual week and a half after being on a high for two weeks prior to that. I don't want to share that because that means that somebody else may look at me and say, gosh, he doesn't have it all together. I don't want him coaching me, but I've got to do that because that's a part of who I am. And I feel like if more people were willing to be open and honest about who they are in their circle, 
they would permit other people to do the same thing. And instead, what's happening is, and again, this is just a my sphere of manhood and men, when men don't know what to do, they retreat to one of two places, either comfort, which is dangerous in its own right, or mm -hmm. outrage and anger, which we all know where that goes, because they don't know how to deal with what's really going on. They're not looking at pornography because they're perverts. There's something else going on that they need to fix. They're not lashing out on their kids at home because the kid didn't take out the trash. There's another issue going on. Their business is broken, not because they're a failure at running a business. There's something else there. So open up, speak to those things and give other people permission and a safe place to speak about them. Oh, that's... You know, I think we're all kind of bumping around here, right? Doing the best we can. Yep. And I think it, when we can give ourselves a little bit of grace, mm -hmm. we're more likely, what's that expression? Hurting people end up hurting people. That's what we do. Yep. And yep. you go back to that. How is it that we fill our own, our own <laughs> holes? It starts right here first. How am I taking care of myself so I have something to bring? Okay. Right. And when we do that, then, then that's where, and I think all of us, particularly, you know, for like the folks that you're working with, the folks that I work with, they tend to be folks who have some modicum of su success already. Mm -hmm. They're still trying to fill their holes. We're all walking around kind of broken and fragmented. And we look to fill those holes in a way that, you know, nobody wants, nobody wants to be seen in our less than favorable light, right? Right. We all are. At the end of the day, like you and I were talking about earlier, right? I've held a lot of hands as people are leaving. And we all, we're all the same. We all yeah. have the same needs, the same ones. We all want to have something that we're going to leave behind of lasting value. We all want mm -hmm. significance. Um, we all want to contribute. We all want to be loved and respected. And yet we're all kind of broken, right? We're still in yep. school. I, I hear at some point we'll become per perfect, but I don't think it's going to happen in this lifetime. So buckle up, buttercup. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so oh. true. It's so true. Yeah. And, and again, you know, it's so interesting. And that's not, that's not, that doesn't mean it's not beautiful. Right. We are right. beautiful. We have everything we need despite our brokenness. Well, well, and I mean, I think that that's, again, that's just part of what makes us us. As long as you're willing to accept the fact that you are going to make mistakes and for the part that you contribute to that mistake or you doing something that you should not be doing, call that that. Be willing to admit that mm -hmm. and then turn and walk from it. That's, that's the mistake we're making is we're, we don't want to address those things, but at the same time, we're telling everybody like, it's okay, be who you are, celebrate that. But we don't really mean that. We just mean be the good stuff and nothing else. And so I just, again, I just feel like we need to be in a place where we can say, I am proud to be the person that I've been created to be. I'm going to do the best that I can. I'm going to continue to walk and learn and grow as I do that. And I am open to feedback so long and the, but the only feedback I'm going to listen to is that that is that truly has my best in mind when I get some a-hole on social media that's trying to attack me because you know they don't like what I say because it implicates them for something I'm like I'm not listening to you if you're here to help me 
be the best me and to help me help other people, I'm with you. If you're just here to tear me down, you got to go find some other tree to bark up because it ain't going to be mine. Nice. Nice. Well, oh, from a woman's point of view, Ryan, I absolutely love what you're doing. Um, and building men, I think as we build men, uh, we build, we build entire communities. We build families, same thing as we build women. Um, we build families and societies and communities, but that in no way means that we have to be better than each other. That would be like saying my left arm is more important to me than my right arm, (laughs) right? right? You can cut this one off because this one's the better arm. Makes no sense, right? And I think that, that part of that, what you um, verbalized so so well, is really accepting the fact that we are, we're not all that. We need, yeah. we truly need each other. That does not mean that we're weak. Doesn't mean that we can't bring it. Um, and and you know, really, as we accept that, that's the only way that we're going to grow in, yep. in our roles. We do need, we need each other. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, thank you for what you're doing. I mean, it it means a lot when, you know, obviously it's great to get men that love what I'm doing because that means that the mission moves forward at the same time. It feels really, really good when I have women like you that have your life moving in the right direction, that you see things good and clearly for yourself and have influence and then come in and encourage and support and affirm much of what I'm doing, because then I feel like this is not just about making men better. This is about making the world a better place. Um, Well, there's a lot of us, Ryan. I don't know if you're hearing from a lot of us. I know you're hearing from a few of us. There's a whole lot more of us. So I I myself am really grateful for, for good men that I work with and live with. And yeah. So thank you for what you're doing for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. 